Next Chapter Podcast. Welcome back to Midnight Public Radio. I'm your host, Ari Wood. Every week we bring you stories on a different variety of topics. This week we will be talking about sports. Um, I realize that might be a challenging subject for many public radio listeners. Um, I will give you a chance now as a trigger warning for all class eight nerds, dorks, and dweebazoids. Um, go ahead and turn this off. But for the rest of our listeners, we really want to explore what athletic achievement means in a kind of meandering and pointless way that leaves you more confused about sports than when you first started listening. So before we do that, before we get started, we do have to go to our sponsor this week. Um, so let's go ahead and check in with this week's sponsor. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. This week's sponsor. It's uh, Steve Skates, local skate emporium. Skate until you're great. Steve Skates. Great to hear from him. You know, one thing about sports is that it provokes a real dichotomy. I mean, it, it brings us together with our friends and family, gives us something to root for, something to care about. Uh, and yet, it's often exploitative. There's a dark side to many sports. Uh, recently, one of our producers went out into the field to explore a, a new niche sport that's been growing and growing in popularity. Take you there now in Act One. Inch by inch. Elon Musk, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, other rich folk. Every year, once a year, maybe twice, they flock to behind this small town 7 Eleven partake in the high-stakes, high-intense world of Caterpillar racing. So we're here now at the 7-Eleven. I got my Slurpee. We're going to go around back and find these little races. Oh, there's a guy right there. Sir? Sir? Are you... Hi there! Are you here for the races? Yes, uh, I'm actually uh, the one coordinating this whole affair. My name is Leon Spatunia. My father before me, he uh, was the commissar of this here event, and then um, his father before him, and going way back since uh, my family came here from Vladivostok, Russia, many, many generations ago. You see, the world's elite look to something that's a bit more gentle, a bit more adorable but still highly highly anxiety producing and also adrenaline packed you here to place a bet you here to enter a caterpillar you here to just watch maybe catch some of the silk threads flying around I, i'm actually here from uh, midnight public radio i'm doing an expose on why the rich flock to this place how fast is a, a race typically Oh, a race can range anywhere from 45 to, I'm, I'm sorry, 0. 0.45 miles an hour to 0. 0.00017 miles an hour. Um, you know, real death-defying stuff, 
if you consider it on scale. You know, I mean, sure, a caterpillar may not seem like it moves fast, but if you're a slug, you better watch out, baby. Uh, yeah. It These sounds, things are flying by It you. sounds amazing. Uh, now, do you use jockeys? Do you have people riding the cal- caterpillars? Oh, uh, well, I mean, why, why speak from my perspective when we could hear straight from the caterpillar's mouth, as it were, We've got ourselves here, our star attraction, Juniper Tuesday. Why don't you introduce yourself, Juniper? I'm great. I don't think I've ever met a talking caterpillar before. How long have you been racing? I didn't even know this was a a thing. Caterpillar. I'm very new to all of this. Juniper says that she has unfortunately fallen into this life after a glamorous prelude to her career as a racer. Initially, she was a fashion model and then a mid-level marketing executive. But neither of those things worked out, so she became an aggressively competitive Caterpillar racer. She is um, unexpectedly fast uh, and also just kind of undulates in a strange way, which I find fascinating. She she said that she undulates. No, I said that, but, you know, I was just editorializing on what she was saying. So that's what people come here for is if not the racing, then the strange way that the caterpillar caterpillar's body moves now. Hello, is this the place of undulation? I have come to make large bets. Oh, Leosh! Leosh, my friend! I haven't seen you since... God, 92! are you... Hello. Are you here for the races? Certainly. Why else would I come to 7-Eleven? Not place in America I would like to visit otherwise. I am Leosh. I am crazy rich oligarch who is crazy corrupt and also crazy... Oh. Awesome. I've come here for my fifth time to see the wiggle worm make a sprint of life across a cardboard and other surface. This is what I've never seen. In Europe, they have snail counting. They have snail throwing. They have slug racing. And, of course, they have race warring. But all of these sports, they lose appeal for me. I need something new, something that make the sexual dynamic connect to my gambling brain and find it here I did, in bathroom area of 7-Eleven. And when he says he's crazy, I once saw him saw his own foot off. I mean, he is crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) That was not my foot. It was someone else's foot I had stitched on. That's crazy, too. Okay. Uh, Well, well. How much money do you usually throw around at these things? Well, I exclusively, as an insane rich person, only gamble in extinct currencies. So uh, last time I was here, I lost 500 million Deutschmarks, and this time I am looking to lose 1.7 billion francs. And, um, of course, my shoes are made out of euros, which I have frozen and sculpted into clothes. Aren't aren't your euros still in use, though? Oh, yes, for you, little man, for you. Rich people, we live in the future. It is only beef, jerky, and hate that are our currencies. I mean, I do love beef jerky. Uh, well, the future for you will be bleak. All right. Well, how much uh, beef jerky do do you think is the right amount for a first bet? 
Well, if you are making, I, I, I can convert to simple American currency. Uh, $1 is worth one hunk of beef jerk. And so, put together, I would say that on average, your minimum bet in this, you should be betting $50,000. Minimum. To make people notice you. The, the small fish, they come around here. But this is not a game for fish. It's a game for the cattering. I mean, rats. but... You gotta be careful, Leosh. We don't get get too flashy, otherwise we end up attracting the kind of attention we don't want. Um, I mean, as you and I both know, not everyone is a fan of Caterpillar Racing. This is Rabble Rouser. Thank God we hold this in failed state like United States, where there is no law enforcement that could intervene. Wait, Leosh, I'm sorry. I really want to find out what this guy's talking about. Sir, with the chanting, can American journalists always talk to everybody. Okay, well, I'll be over here being rich they need their cocoon sir sir oh hey are you the media uh, yes sir i work for midnight uh public radio uh oh, you're not for PETA? because you should be te- you should be arresting all these people with your little microphone or something why uh, why is that what's the problem with the caterpillar races what isn't the problem with the caterpillar race my good man these are little babies they haven't even gestated they aren't even butterflies oh so your issue isn't really that they're racing animals it's that they're children clearly they're children they're but a larva they don't even have a spine yet the beautiful butterfly has an intricate spine as it flies through the air hey. that's how you know it is an adult hey hey I don't think hey they do. no offense juniper no offense juniper but what he is saying is total bull crap everybody knows caterpillars are unthinking unfeeling Soulless creatures that Sir. do not deserve our respect. Again, sorry, sorry hey. Juniper. I did not mean what I No offense intended. See, that caterpillar is speaking, and it speaks like a little tiny, sweet little baby. You can go to my blog, donnychunderbrook.org, and read about all of the things that I do researching caterpillars. Okay, we'll make sure to plug that at the end. These Mr. Chunderbrook make, makes my point for me, which is, he is no more or less than worm. If I can make sport where I watch Chunderbrook fight for life across long hallway... I would bet on that sport. And frankly, Mr. Chunderbrook, if you're looking to make a little money hard way, let me know. Uh, okay. I will update you with any potential business dealings between those two at a later date. Now, no, no, like... let us put them on the air of your show. We want to make negotiations fair. You, you are my personal journalist. Oh, Come with me. I mean, okay, we're going to the races, right? I, I want yes, to see yes. the races. You, no, everyone will um, Everyone get on private jet. We will fly places. You heard of this Jeffrey Epstein? No, guy. no, no, everyone no, no, no. wait, wait, wait. Jet. No, no problem. No, no, no. So this lot I wanted like that. to see the Caterpillar yes, yes. races. We will fly to a new, even more secret place where you will learn about even more secret sport of kings. The sport of donkey rocketry. I was taken to a secret location I can only smell, but I believe I've learned all there is to know about the Caterpillar races. For NPR, help. Welcome back to Midnight Public Radio. I'm Ari Wood. This week, we're talking about the athletic competitions that we like to call sports. And sports can't happen without athletes. They are literally the people who play them. One of the biggest parts of any athlete's preparations for their game, set, match, are rituals to prepare themselves mentally, metaphysically, and sometimes erotically. We had our producers speak to some of the leading athletes amongst the top 
47 sports from around the world. I'd like to play you a selection of the rituals that these athletes like to go through to get themselves ready. Hey, this is Rebar Dundee, motocross champion and all-around rad dude. And I'm telling you, man, the only thing that uh, I need to get into the zone is a big, warm glass of milk, a blanket, a couple of Xanax, maybe a nice book. And then I go to sleep for four days. And then when I wake up, I jump fucking Dead Man's Ridge, baby! This is uh, Two Shoes, uh, poker champion. Uh, 2016, 17, and 23. That's right, I'm calling my shot. A lot of you guys know that I love to wear my sunglasses upside down and bandana covering my mouth. Uh, but not a lot of you guys know that I also wear a bandana as underwear, especially game day, but generally also throughout the year. Anyway, 2023, I'm coming for you, bitch. My name's Alonzo Silverback. I'm a wide-ended kicker for the Denver Broncos. One of the superstitions I have is about my game day socks. I've worn the same game day socks ever since I was knee high to a grasshopper. That grasshopper taught me to kick. By the time I made it to Super Bowl 97, I had a game day sock that had been worn upwards of 2,000 times and was crusted with nothing but bacteria. So outside of the gout, I also got trench foot, and that's how I had the heaviest foot in the league. My name's Declan Neckman, and uh, I'll pick up me traditions when I was first playing for Sunderland. Of course, back then, coach used to make us eat a whole stalk of garlic before the game, and Kuz gave us the runs during the game, but then we was able to runs. Name's Chet Chunderbrook, goalie for the uh, St. Louis Compadre hockey team. Yeah, there's a, uh, a real a real time-honored hockey tradition there where, you know, before the game, all the guys got to get together right after a hot shower and just, we just got to give each other a good new room massage. I mean, nothing better than lubing up with your boys and really getting down there in the deep tissue tits first. I mean, talk about camaraderie. When you see those boys on the ice, you're like, wow, I can't wait to get them behind a hot oil, you know? It really gets you lubed up for the game. And, after the game, well, here's another time-honored tradition for another time. Now, y'all know White Laserdisc can dunk on anybody. I ain't afraid of nobody in the paint. Can't nobody guard me. Ain't afraid of nothing. Except chameleons. Not a lot of people know this, but chameleons, uh, they could be anywhere at any point at any time. So, every game, right before I go out to the uh, court, I check inside my shoes to make sure there are no chameleons in the shoes. Um, I check every drawer of my bag uh, because who knows, since I walked in the stadium, chameleon could have easily slipped in there. We're back. Midnight Public Radio. I'm Ari Wood. This week we're talking about sports. Sports, the musical fruit. The more you hit, the more you score. There are many sports outside the United States that simply haven't gotten the attention that they deserve. One of these is Formula One. Um, Originally conceived as a way to get babies to drink motor oil, it soon became an incredibly popular international sport. And to help us dive again back into the seedy side of sports, we spoke to a man who has a lot to say. He 
is one of the biggest magnets for controversy in all of sports. Um, former Formula One champion, Ricky Bundo. Act three. Now that's a disgrace to Mitabala. I'm Andrew Hall, the master of manifesting thoughts, feelings, and emotions. I'm taking the time to share this mic space with someone I've shared a stage with. Former Formula One racer, Ricky Bundo. America and the world knows Ricky as one of the fastest racers in the world. A daredevil who gets his rocks off on, well, doing anything that almost kills him. If I shed it once, I shed it a thousand times. If the car won't go fast, I make it go faster. And with that ethos, he applied that to lime scooters, unicycles, his marriages leading into divorces, and child rearing. I always tell my children, you don't go fast, I'll make you go faster. Papa, I don't want to play sled dog. Papa, no, please. And this is what brought the first bout of bad publicity to Ricky. His children, pulling his F1 car at breakneck speeds, aroused suspicions for some who believe that children are meant to play and not pull giant automobiles so that their father can win hefty rewards in the circuits. People ask me, is it necessary to hook up your kids to the car to make it go fast? And I tell them, hey, are you a racing engineer? Do you design race cars? No? Okay. How about you keep your questions to your fucking self? Because I am in a guy who's in the, the driving seat, okay? We spoke to a racing engineer about using children to actually power the cars. Well, actually, it does help more than you would think. See, the normal F1 car has a set amount of horsepower. But if you add two small children to the front pulling an additional, uh, well, it's, it's, you know, it's the power of two small children, but it's more than it had before. And that's something. This now disgraced engineer has no job. We spoke to Ricky Bundo's pit crew captain on how his more and more dramatic racing styles were affecting him catching those W's, meaning wins. Unfortunately, his pit crew captain was deceased. Because of a recent accident that Ricky had. Sorry, I'm the, I'm the head of safety, I should not be laughing this hard. Right, that's what I'm saying. And they want to record this for some kind of radio show. And I'm the head of safety, so we cannot use this audio of me just laughing. It was so funny. The hubcap went off, and it cut his head off, and then it bounced back, and it cut his head in half. And somebody said, touchdown? And to be honest, everybody laughed. Ooh, I hated it, though. Y'all are so rude. <laughs> ghost? In order to get closer to this ghost, so that we can get closer to the story of Ricky Bundo... We spoke to a fortune teller, tarot card reader, from Cleveland, Indiana. Well, uh, you see here, uh, this here card, uh, this is the death card, so that means that um, he's dead. Um, and this here is the five of knives, right? And so that means he, he wants y'all to, to fucking die as well. He wants, he wants revenge, and he wants a bunch of knives in your back. So, that, that's what I got. Ooh, he totally gets me. Ooh. So we took some Ouija board readings back to Ricky Bundo to talk to him about his fall from grace. The needle pointed not just to no, but to hell no when asked about 
him coming back into the racing scene a successor. Okay, so yeah, Shambibushed, oh my my pit crew chief, she was a ghost. And I said, yeah, she was a ghost. I trapped her spirit in this amulet. You think having an immortal pit crew thing, a pit crew chief is something you just throw away? This is a, a ghost we're talking about. She doesn't need to eat or sleep. She can work all the time. So I keep her soul trapped in this amulet. And, it, you know, 24 hours a day, I'm like, hey, chief, what should I have for breakfast? Ooh, you should have oatmeal. <laughs> she, that's why I keep her around. Ooh, it's small in here. Ooh, can you get a bigger amulet? Possibly like the clock that Flava Flav has? I want to buy furniture. Ooh. And I told her I I have to win more races first. I'm not very good. But I don't understand why everybody's paying so much attention to me. I've won like four races ever. So we left Mike's apartment, which was the only space we were able to record with that many people. We decided to head to one of the pre-race tracks. Or is it pricks? No, wait, that's what I am. We went to one of the race tracks to see how Ricky would fare in his soon-to-be final race. See, the Formula One board of directors said he has one shot, and he better not miss his chance to blow a gasket or an engine valve. And if he doesn't win this race, he'll be out of Formula One completely. And this is the first race he's done where not having children attached to his car. And we're coming down to the final 398 laps, what we like to call the home stretch here. Thomas Schneiderman in first, Blanket Jackson in second, and of course, Ricky Bundo coming in at third. Everything depends on this, but Ricky, deprived of his normal child boost that he would deploy at this time, has been lagging. He needs to make a move, and it needs to be soon. And what's this? He seems to be picking up tremendous speed out of the curve. He's going. Schneiderman falling back. Jackson falling back, pulling ahead. Bundo, what's this? Some sort of apparition is emerging, a sort of ghostly... I believe it's his, his dead pit crewman. He's ghostly form is running along chugging like a stout little man engine pulling him ahead bundo yes but seems like there's flames developing good god and with the explosion of flames came the explosion of blames was ricky pulled past the finish line by the ghost that haunted his amulet was it the fact that the spirit of his children was what drove him to drive the car? Or was it the fact that an alarming amount of laxatives was found in every single driver except for Ricky because he made, quote, milkshakes for the squad? Through my journalistic foundings, I heard a cell phone recording of Ricky Bundo speaking with the boards of directors of Formula One, discussing his future as a racer and cheater. So remember, when you're thinking about giving back to the planet or trying to eliminate your carbon emissions, even the best of intentions can go up in flames. Just like Ricky Bundo's reputation, flame retardant pants, and amulet. This is Andrew Hall for Thought Leaders reporting from the most haunted Grand Prix race in Italy.
Welcome back to Midnight Public Radio. We bring you one more story on our theme of sports this week. Um, Sports are central to the way that we live our lives. And the Olympic Games have come to represent both a spirit of international community and a betrayal of trust on a grand scale as corporations loot the corpse of a city turned over like a Talladega whore for its sweet, sweet, profitable belly meat. Given that it was announced recently that skateboarding will be added to the Summer Games, we sat down with prominent rollerbladers to ask, what about us? Act 4, Olympics, more like old limp dicks. Welcome to our Olympian Roundtable. I am, of course, your host, Jacques-Louis, three-time silver medal winner in the sport of fencing and I am here with several experts on the field of sport to decide once and for all if we are all in favor of the inclusion of rope plating into the great tradition of the Olympic. To my left I have Steve Skates in the camp of pro. What up? And of course, with him, Tricinia Alexa, the three-time rollerblading champion of the world. Hey, hey. And of course, to say a no-no to the rollerblades, we have the Reverend Louis Templeton. Well, it's a God's honor to be here. Of course, and God is the most important thing in sports, as we all know. Sports theology is my specialty. And of course, we have the world's most popular skateboarder, Tony Baloney. Bro. Well, to start us off, please, Steven, since you are in the camp of pro, tell us your experiences with uh, rollerblading and why they should be with the many traditions of the discus the lance throwing and the naked Greco wrestling that is in the Olympic tradition. Well, I tell you what, man, I've been rollerblading, skating, whatever you want to call it, my whole life. And I don't see any reason why we should be excluded by the summer games and skateboarding should be allowed. You know, <laughs> it makes no sense. Back in my day, there was only one type of skate. The roller skate. And all of a sudden, the skateboarders get to take the, the name skate from us and the Olympics? No way, Boat. No way. Not having it. We deserve a shot just as much as any one of those four-wheel fucks do. And how do you feel about including it in the Winter Games? Perhaps on ice? Well, there, there, there's already a thing for that. Ice skating. I mean, the ice skate, if the ice skating community was a little more warm to us, Wheel wheel rollers, then uh, I'd be into that. But till that rivalry is fixed, I'm not going to worry about the winner. I'll let them have that stupid cold shit. So you admit that skating is already represented within the Olympiad. Is that correct? Oh, he got you there, bro. Not the proper skating. Absolutely not. No way. No way, dude. Okay, so ice skating, 
totally doesn't count. There's no Thank wheels. You. There's blades. That's terrifying. What if we cut ourselves? That's not cool. Like you shouldn't you shouldn't have like the blades are what you use for a charcuterie plate. You don't put them on your feet and then call that a sport. It's all about wheels, yeah. baby. And we got eight of them, I think. Uh, why would I let some fruit birders just run in and blow up our spot like that? Whoa, That's- whoa, you can't say that it's twenty twenty. You can't say that anymore i automatically side with the person being attacked for a slur what what i can't say blow up because it's the olympics or what that is true oh that's true you can't say bomb on an airplane or in a comedy club that's true but did you you can't say anything because what you say is not cool (laughs) that's not true at all what i say is the lord's word and what i say but tony did not you also call in many multiple bomb threats to the olympics to in order to throw your own matches so you would not have to skate. No, 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 no. It was t- oh, Tony, 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 Tony. Sorry, I was just looking up some music for later. But why should we discriminate against rollerblading, roller skating, when we include such classic sports as elbow wrestling and downhill full-blown sprinting? You get. Get it out, downhill, full-blown sprinting. The sport where there's a line of people just blasting down a hill on their feet, full throttle, tripping all over the place, stumbling. That's why they need wheels, which is exactly why rollerblading needs to be added to the Olympics games. You won't have all this flipping and tumbling if they had wheels on their feet to help them glide down these hills. I, I agree. You throw a board under those fools, they will go sailing so fast, faster than any uh, roller blades. Sailing, another sport already represented in the Olympics. 20 points to Gryffindor, that's us. Also made with boards, just saying. Now, now here's what we need to be talking about, okay? The Olympics is God's games, okay? It used to be Mount Olympus, but then Jesus, his dad, and a ghost they found and made friends with went and killed Zeus and all those dumb Greek guys. And now they live on top of the mountain, and they hold their own games. And that's why, as it says in the book of Dude, You're On To Me, okay, every quarter fort year there shall be a games unheld, and they shall be most bountiful, and they shall begin and end with the skates and the boards. And at the time, those were the 13th and 14th tribes of Israel. But now, using the hindsight of reverse prophecy, I can tell you that they sanctified skateboarding, okay? Two skateboards perpendicular, you know what that makes? Cross. No, two skateboards perpendicular make horseshit. What they need to be doing with those skateboards is removing the board completely, taking the wheels, putting them under your feet so you can have a nice, real, you know, sport going on. Now, Ravrond, is it not true that uh, you once... Attempted to become a professional roller skater only to be rejected by the community. Oh, yeah. Now, that's absolutely true. Yes, it I is. Own it with pride. Go ahead. Yes, Go it ahead. is. Steve you are... and I used to be great friends. Before it was Steve Skates, it was Steve Saves because Steve and I were in business together doing flippy tricks for to save souls. The same way, you know how there's like strong men that lift stuff? Well, kids are over that. They've seen strong men. They want to see weak, brittle men like us flip around. But look, I was saved. I could have been living that life of sin, but I'm not anymore. I'm living a life of when. And the way I do that is copious prayer, rigorous stretching, self-shouting, and, of course, 
skateboarding for exactly three minutes a day in my driveway. You were saved by me. I saved you. You were going way too. You hit a, You hit the coping, and you were flying up to the heavens. God knows where you were trying to, to go. To heaven. And I, I was trying to go to heaven. If it to wasn't God. for me, and God knew that sick ass ten eighty, I would be in heaven off the ramp, catching you in my More arms, like a 666. and then bringing you down to safety. You'd be a goner. You owe your this life is, this to is Steve's whole problem. Steve's got a whole savior complex. Yeah, just look I up made on the public the record. Trick, there was the a savior complex. On well, roller skating got you out of being a pimp. You were a pimp before I met you, and roller skating saved your goddamn life. How dare you turn your back on everything you ever loved? And now I'm a spiritual pimp for the greatest trick of all, the Lord. Yeah, this got like mad personal, and like I just, I just wanted, you know, I just wanted roller rollerblading to be in the olympics and like whatever's going on between them i don't know how that i don't i still think you you got you guys got problems my dude like you gotta figure them out uh without obstructing the olympics the only way to settle this reverend is out there on the streets you and me skate first board we'll see who the winner is and whoever comes out on top is in the 2024 games. Well, I am but God's Christian skater, and I'm here like Christian Slater to shred all over your dumb ass. Phil. Is that the way with the sport? When two individuals go head to head to decide who is the most radical, the most extreme. I am, of course, your three-time fencing champion saying, we will see you out there on the Olympic courts and the slopes and the full-blown downhill sprints. Until next time, this has been Minat Public Radio. That's our show. I'm Ari Wood. I'd like to thank all of our producers, all of our guests, all of our participants for this show. We hope that you are inspired to not do sports anymore, as all public radio listeners should be. Uh, We'd love for you to tune in next week. And in the meantime, please check out The Midnight Gardeners, the benevolent society that sponsors this programming. Um, They're available at midnightgardenersleague.com. You can just Google Midnight Gardeners. You You can mail a letter to Santa asking that he give you a map that leads to the heart of American comedy. And there you'll find a house named Midnight Gardener Lane. And in that house, it's me, Ari Wood, and I've been waiting for you all night long. Stay safe. And stay sleazy. Next Chapter Podcasts.